Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the Bud Light Studios, Bud Light for the fans on KK. One Profield Denver Boulder. Hey Denver, it's Nate Crackman. Christopher Dempsey here. This is Vic Lombardi. Hey Scott Asians, you got Denver Sports Talk on the station where you get it all. This is Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Today is going to be a great day. Chris Dempsey. Chris Dempsey. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Yeah. This is Dempsey and Company. So without further ado, please enjoy our show. On Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Let's begin now. I woke up this morning and I said... Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. The show's Dempsey and Company. I'm your host, Alex Ryan Emmy. You guys know me better as Raj with Super DJ Producer on the ones and twos behind the glass. Steve Nelson in the Bud Light Studio. And joined, as always, he took a day off yesterday to move, but the namesake of the program, he's Christopher A. Dempsey. I'm back for the end of the week. <laughs> it's today. Hey, let's have a good day. You you're, made it. <laughs> you're everybody in the country. Just... If, even if you're even if you're that guy who's you know always working remote, mm-hmm. you've sent your three emails today. Yeah, you and have. you're not sending them at seven. Nope. you're sending them at ten, and yep. then you're going to send another one at like one fifteen p.m. and then wait again, knowing that you've got this thing in the back of your pocket. It's ready. It's been done for two days. This deliverable isn't due until end of day today mm-hmm. or end of day tomorrow. Yep. you're going to send that thing out at three thirty, and then. Log off. Smell you later. <laughs> this is this is yep. you. If you're in the office today, today you showing up for the show is yeah. popping your head in, having a coffee, <laughs> going to a meeting, and then lunch shows up. Yeah, it's an eleven thirty <laughs> lunch today, and then you're going to be one of the seven hundred people out playing golf in the Denver metro area because it's gorgeous today, and I can't find a tea time. <laughs> That's who you are today. Yeah, that'll be me. That'll be me. That'll be us. Ah, uh, except for the Nuggets play tonight, so. I guess I have to work tonight. It's too. an early game for the Nuggets, huh? 5 yeah. p.m. start? 5 p.m. start. Yeah, these, these this East Coast thing. Actually, they're great because the games are early and they're over early. And then, you know, you have the rest of your night. But, um, yeah, yeah, at the Orlando Magic. 
Uh, we got a bunch going on today, obviously. Nuggets at Magic, 5 p.m. tip, 4.30 start. You can hear that one on AM 950. Watched on Altitude TV. Television's going to go back-to-back. You're going to go ru- roll right in from Nuggets to Avs tonight on radio for the Avalanche. 8 p.m. puck drop at home. 8 p.m. local start mm. uh, as the Avs prepare to host the Vancouver Canucks. 7.30 pregame. You can hear that one on 92.5 and the Altitude Sports Radio mobile app. Uh, so a super late one there. Again, Nuggets. Gets on 950, Avs on 92.5 tonight. If you're watching both, they'll both be on Altitude Television. You won't have to change uh, between one and two. So we'll get on into all of that. We'll get into the college football week and its rivalry weekend, arguably the most important or highest profile Michigan-Ohio State game that has ever happened in my lifetime. It may be the biggest one ever in terms of college football playoff implications. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have four 13-0 teams. Or we could have Armageddon by the end of this weekend. Like the the possibilities over the next two weeks are are boundless. We'll get into that as well. But obviously, the biggest news of the day, and it was yesterday as well, um, Kareem Jackson, his four game suspension, as we expected yesterday, because it's now the third time that he's been disciplined by the league this season alone, and it's not even Thanksgiving yet. All four games upheld by the league. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's. You know, they pared down his last uh, suspension from four to two. And so they're just not going to do that again because in their eyes, uh, he continues to do the thing that they ask him not to do. And it's, um, you know, whether uh, whether you uh, whatever side of the fence that you come down on in, in terms of the hit itself, I uh, heard Joshua Dobbs yesterday uh, basically just say, uh, boy, he took the, I think he walked down the road of, I should take care of the football a lot better. And it's just football and it's just a hit. Um, he didn't seem phased by it. Uh, it's just that I think in the case of Kareem Jackson, it's just this ability to be able to um, stay away from the thing that they want you to stay away from. And, and uh, that's, that's right now, not a part of how he wants to operate on the field. And I mean, I think it's too bad because you got to at some point you got to stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about the bigger picture because now the question is is without PJ Locke as well like who on earth is starting back there for 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 the Broncos and how will that turn out um and that's why you, if you're Kareem Jackson just, just don't tackle that way we need you on the field we they need that they need him on the field and he took himself off the field and now we won't see him until what uh, Christmas right around there Christmas Eve is the first game that he's eligible to be back I I struggled with how I thought about this because the last time that Kareem got suspended I thought it was a far more egregious hit than the one that he laid on Dobbs and I think that's the reason why his teammates are coming to his defense namely Justin Simmons and it's really good that they, there's a Walter Payton man of the year finalist coming to your defense, he's a guy that's always talking with the NFLPA, one of the more respected players off the field, not only excellent on the field, leading the league in interceptions since he got into the NFL, Justin Simmons. Him coming to your defense and throwing out multiple videos of not only himself making the same hit, but other players within multiple weeks, and he's prefacing those tweets. He was talking about the uh, the hit that got laid on Cortland Sutton rather in the, the Buffalo game saying, listen, I'm not attacking a player. I'm not asking for fines or suspensions. I'm just trying to figure out what the difference is between hit X and hit Y, Y being the hit Mm -hmm. um, that Kareem Jackson laid on on Josh Dobbs there. And uh, unfortunately, the variable there is that 
the league is not looking at these plays as black and white anymore. They're not looking at them as binary, and they can't because of his repeated offenses over the course of his career and this year alone, as unfair as one may think that is. The reputation that you sow in this life, in this league, is always going to come back and bite you if it's negative. Mm-hmm. And it is so close to the last time that he got ejected or suspended. It lasted three snaps. Yeah. If this had been three games after, and it had been four games after, maybe this wouldn't be another four-game suspension. It was three snaps. So what position is the league being put in other than, dude, you haven't learned your lesson. Mm -hmm. This is a borderline play, sure. But it's now the third time this year, multiple times over the course dating back or of the course of your career dating back to 2013 that you haven't learned the lesson that we're trying to preach. Is tackling impossible in today's NFL, especially with the, the news yesterday that they're probably going to get rid of the drop tackle? You can tackle a guy in like a 16-inch square on his torso, and eventually someone's going to shatter a spleen, and they're going to take that out of the game. Like, that's the way we're going. It's the South Park Sarcastaball series. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. (laughs) Fantastic episode. It is. As this, you are painted in a different light. If you think it's unfair, tough cookies. Yeah, Uh, it it is. And, uh, you know, look, it's... For Kareem Jackson, I... You know, I, I, I just don't feel sorry for him is all. I, you know, I, you have to learn that lesson. Um, it is a lot harder to tackle in this league, and that's that's terrible. And it's look, this is also coming on the heels of Tom Brady saying it's a mediocre league, or the the play is mediocre. Um, and so football has a lot of things to wrestle with here, and and I mean, look, there's a couple of schools of thought, right? I mean, it's it's a it's a game where it's a violent game. That's just is what it is. So how do you balance out violence, a violent game, and yet still try to keep your players on the field? Because we're swat. I don't know. And 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 the NFL really doesn't know either, other than to keep taking away kinds of tackles and kinds of hits and kinds of blocks. Well, if you do that to a, a saturated extent, now you have a game that's a watered-down version of itself, and so that's also not good for your product. And so it, this is a very difficult um, I think situation for for them, but um, and now for the Broncos as well because the defense has been uh, the thing that the star of the show for for them the last four weeks. Uh, they have won all the games. Uh, the defense has led the way, and they've been getting kind of getting progressively healthier and, and people back on the field. And so uh, for them to uh, not have him is is um, it's a, it's a big deal. I, there is a point of no return that the league will eventually get to with them taking out hit after hit after hit because and you can't put him back. You can't say now now you can make this is coming back. Right. Yep. There will be a point of no return where the league does do too much and eventually does start to lose viewership. I don't know when that point of no return is. It, it's likely not in the next decade. It's probably not within the next two decades, but if it continues down this path and the end of this conversation is, well, when is it going to be flag football? It'll never get there, but there will be a point where they take enough violence and enough physicality out of this game where they start losing fans. That is the draw of American football. Well, I was going to say, why, why do sport. we watch this? Sport? You, you watch the sport because it is 
it is modern day gladiators going after one another. And they've gotten bigger and faster and stronger. The average size of a defensive lineman grew from six foot to six foot four and added damn near 200 pounds in the last 70 years. I think we watch it for a lot of different reasons. Like, why do we watch the Miami Dolphins? Why do we love them? Because they run all over the field. They're what we call them a track squad. See, it's different though. It's different though. Why I watch a team is different than why I watch the sport. I watch the Avalanche for vastly different reasons than why I watch hockey in general. Aren't they one in the same? No. Because every team has the same elements, right? I mean, you're looking for, you know, look, part of it is the hitting. There's no doubt about that. But part of it also is. The athleticism, just the sheer athleticism that's put out there on the field, it's, it's mesmerizing. Go watch to the two hundred meters, then. We what? We we do that too. Every four years, you're gonna watch that every day on Sunday. Nope. You nah, gonna go travel? You're gonna go travel to Eugene, Oregon, and go watch the national championships this year? Nope. All I'm saying is, there are 17 different reasons why we watch football. Only one of them is the hitting. That, that that's it. Only only one of them is the hitting. Because it's just as cool to see Patrick Mahomes evade defenders, throw something ridiculous downfield, a touchdown to Travis Kelsey, as it is watching Kareem Jackson lay somebody on his back. And that's where – it's the so, com- to, so to your point, I don't know when that point is that people would start checking out, but w- – if you're going to sit here and tell me the only reason you watch football is because of the hits, you are lying. It's the combination of the two. It's the ability for a guy like Tyreek Hill to be able to run a 40-yard dash in 4.2 seconds and catch a ball, but also have this this like, this like ethereal feeling that someone off screen could come take his head off. It's a combination of the two. If I just wanted to go watch a guy run really fast, I would watch track and field. But it's not it's not as it's not exciting enough. But you really are when you're talking about individuals like that, because they never get hit like that. Like Tyreek Hill, when's the last time you saw him got get laid out? You never do. You're coming to see him outrun everybody because that's what he does. If you're going to watch Patrick Mahomes, you're watching you want to watch a field general. You want to see something crazy. You want to see him throw with his left hand or do something with like you're not watching him. You're not going to the game to watch Patrick Mahomes get laid out. That's not pe- what you were. Why there. do people watch you're, auto racing? I don't know. I don't watch it. I, I, I uh, see cars go fast. And? And what? Crashes. No. Carnage. Nope. Yes. No. No, I'd like to see that. You sure about that? There's some, there is something, there is something oh, okay. about the human Even, condition that likes to see destruction and right. demolition I'll and grant carnage. You that. I'll grant you there's that. something about the human condition, and I, that's why American football has a greater hold than any sport in this country. I'll grant you that, but I think in every case of every sport, the answer is multiple. It's not singular. And, th- and we get into this with football all the time. It's so violent. If you take the violence out, it's always going to be violent. You can't take all the violence out. They know that. They're trying to keep people on the field because we want to see Joe Burrow on the field. We want to see Josh Dobbs on the field. We want to see Kareem Jackson on the field. How do you keep all of these players from – if we see another guy carted off and it it, it, A, affects the team and B, it affects the product, how do you you mitigate that – and keep the hitting in, maybe there's no good answer to that. But I think we watch football for a lot of different reasons, 
and <sighs> hitting's only one of them. Uh, we watched the NBA to see superstars. Nikola Jokic, in particular, gets booted out of the Detroit game. Demps wasn't here to talk about it yesterday. They've got to go against the Orlando Magic, who have won four straight. Moach is back. Joker's back. We'll talk about the Nuggets and the Magic, the Avalanche, and the Canucks. On the other side, it's Raj and Dempsey on Altitude. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You've got Dempsey and Company. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Aaron Gordon has it on the high left side. Throws it off on the elbow over to Jokic. Jokic working against Bagley. Just got blatantly fouled and no whistle. And then it's stripped out of his hands and it goes out of bounds. Joker might get ejected here. Technical foul. Nikola Jokic has been ejected from the game. He'll join Malone in the locker room. Yeah. Did you hear that guy behind me? We came here to watch the Joker. Now he's gone. That's, I agree with you 100%. Alex Ryan Emmy, Chris Dempsey, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. It's our last day this week. We'll have the uh, rest of the week off for the holiday, Thursday and Friday. Hope you and yours are uh, planning a wonderful Thanksgiving day and watching a bunch of football. Um, Joker kicked out of the game. Michael Malone. Kicked out of the game. Nuggets still find a way to win 107-103. They're back on the court tonight, 5 p.m. tip on Altitude Sports Radio, AM 950 and Altitude TV. Nuggets and Magic this evening. Dems, does the NBA have an officiating problem one, th- one month into the season? That's a good question. You know, it's interesting about that. I and I had never I heard that call uh, there by cause is that the Detroit television play-by-play also basically said the same thing. And what he did was he says, okay, um, Nikola Jokic has been ejected. And then he literally names off every single ref and said, we did not come here to see these guys. We came here to see players like Nikola Jokic. And in Detroit's previous game, I believe it was Giannis that was ejected from that game as well. And I I, I think that... What's happening early on in uh, the league officiating uh, right now is the refs have too short a fuse for mistakes that they are making. See, if you make the mistake and the player and the coach is mad, you can't have a short fuse in those situations. You need to walk away or let them say their piece. But what you can't do is make the mistake and then hold them accountable for your error. And that's what I think I'm seeing a lot in the NBA early on this season with the refereeing. And look, there are a lot of new referees in this league over the last couple of seasons especially. So 
you know, there's not these, you know, you used to have like these long-standing relationships where um, these referees had been in the league for a long time. They know the coaches, they know the players, they understand uh, how to allow somebody like Nikola Jokic to kind of blow up on them or something like that. Like that referee should have just said, hey, I don't want to throw you out of this game. That's the last word you'll say. It was the referee's fault that he didn't call the foul. Like Nikola Jokic was fouled twice on that play. And so you can't hold him accountable for your mistake. I think I'm seeing that a lot. What's the difference, though, between like what Draymond did a couple weeks ago against Oklahoma City and was going off for two minutes while guys were taking free throws? You could only hear Draymond Green screaming at an official, demonstrative in his face, like running at the official. Like Nicola was very clearly upset did not sprint at an official, did not find a way to continue that conversation later than it needed to be, certainly wasn't as loud as Draymond's was. Where's the difference? Yeah. You know what's funny about that? And we were just talking about this in reference to Kareem Jackson, what your reputation is. And this is where Draymond's reputation actually helps him. It should hurt him. And and it helps him because referees walk into games and they're like okay it's Draymond Green so Manny you know, being Manny yeah you know you got you're going to take we're going to we're going to take have to take some stuff from him and because that's your mindset going into these games with Draymond Green on the court you, he is able to say far more than most other players in the league and keep himself out of technical foul or ejection situations whereas uh, you know, look, Nicole Jokic, he started off his career by he complained a lot and he would yell at re- referees a lot. And he backed off of that a lot here in the last, I'd say, couple of seasons. His reputation is he's going to complain about a lot of fouls, probably, but he's not going to just go after you the way he used. So now if he does, you can short fuse him and hit him with a technical foul and hit, do it twice, which is what they did um, in that game the other night um, and get him ejected. Uh, it, it's it's almost it's almost more beneficial to you in the NBA to be a consistent loudmouth because the referees will walk into those games more tolerant of that, knowing that any mistake they make, you're gonna you're gonna blow your top, and they're just gonna have to take it. Uh, tonight, Nuggets and Orlando Magic. Magic won four straight. They look every bit the part of a young team that's like starting to figure it out. I'm not going to say that they're going to be a force in the East, but they do look as though like they're on the comeuppance. They they look as though Oklahoma City did in the second half of last season where something's clicking. Uh, the Wagner brothers look really good together. They're awesome. They look good. Ban- Bancaro, who's, who's the rookie of the year, well, it's about time that <laughs> they've had so many lottery picks on that squad that, I mean, it's a, it's a whole team of lottery picks and, and, and like top three or four picks. I mean, they have real talent on that basketball team. Now, look, I think where the, the, the biggest improvement in Orlando and shout out to, first of all, shout out to Jamal Mosley, who I went to school with at the university of Colorado. Um, I, I texted back and forth with him a little bit. Uh, just congratulating, congratulating him on, on the start to the season. Um, because his team plays really good defense. And I think for the Nuggets, what they're going to find here tonight and what they found, just what they found out in Cleveland as well is uh, the points will be difficult to come by. And so you're just going to have to execute your way out of this stuff all night long because Orlando will not make it easy on you to score. Now, if you are able to get your offensive personality on the court, then you can just outscore this team because they don't score a ton of points. Well, relatively speaking, for today's NBA. 
Um, so I think for the Nuggets, this is this is a kind of a unique challenge because Orlando hasn't been good for, geez, since my, all the way back to gold, Shaq and Penny is about the last time they were actually very significant. Uh, maybe I did, they had the Dwight Howard team that went to the uh, that went to the finals. Um, but I think this is a it's, it'll 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 be an interesting game to see to see if the Nuggets can kind of work their way through this uh, equation and get themselves to the winner's circle. It feels very trappy this type of game. You're coming off of a win that you should feel good about. You know, Jokic not there, Jamal obviously not playing. You've got uh, a younger team on the court, and then led by largely role veteran players. I know MPJ and AG were on the court, but um, the guy who led the way was, was Reggie Jackson, who you, mm-hmm. I guess he's better than a journeyman, but he feels journeyman esque at this point. Doesn't he? Yeah, he's been, he's bounced around a little bit, but he still put up good enough numbers that I, I say journeyman when I talk about Reggie Jackson and it, it feels disrespectful. Yeah. You see it. He had a, what he had a, a period in his career where he was, a near max contract player when he was in Detroit. When he was in Detroit, yeah, exactly right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's probably uh, he's just kind of this guy who's been around a little bit, but uh, he's gonna have to play well. There's no doubt he has played well. I mean, Reggie Jackson has been kind of an unsung hero for the Nuggets here early in the season. Uh, for everything he was doing off the bench when Jamal Murray was playing, and what he's doing as a starter now that Jamal is not playing, and Jamal is most definitely out of this game. So. Um, it, I, I love what he's been able to do. KCP was really, really good in, in Detroit as well. And look, th- those two guys were teammates in Detroit a long time ago. So they want every time they go back, they want to play well. And so I think you're going to get the repeat of that here with Aaron Gordon in Orlando. Last year was the first time he went back to Orlando since he, was, since he had joined the Nuggets. You know what he did? He scored 37 points in that game. And I think that... He will. I, I, he's not going to force the issue, but we're going to see a very energized Aaron Gordon tonight, and I think we're going to have to have that because, the, as you mentioned, the Wagner brothers and, uh, and Bancaro. I mean, those are pretty major forward center ish kind of guys, uh, rough and tumble kind of players, and so uh, you got to put your hard hat on against those guys. Bancaro averaging nineteen six and four. The Wagner brothers combined for thirty ten and four per game. So again, yes. Lacking on the offensive side of the ball are the Orlando Magic. Uh, the other game that we've got going on tonight, it's a marquee matchup. I didn't think it was going to be <laughs> this marquee of a matchup at the beginning of the season when the schedule was released, but uh, the Vancouver Canucks have found something under Rick Tockett. They have found something, and for years I've looked at that roster and said, why aren't they better than they are? And it's young, it's talented, it's fast. Elias Pettersson, uh, they move on from Bo Horvat, but Quinn Hughes is leading the league in points as a defenseman. He has 30 points in 19 games. Um, he's one of just a handful of defensemen to have reached that 30-point plateau in fewer than 20 games. And Kale McCarr, right on his heels, has 27 in 17 games played. Uh, McCarr, with another three-assist night, can be the first defenseman in NHL history to record three assists in four consecutive games. Yeah, and look, the Avs are, speaking of finding things, the Avs are finding things, and um, I love it. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, third most points in the league. <laughs> like, that's... I, I mean, I, okay. You know, I mean, that's what they, they're on Vegas's heels that that's how well they've been playing uh, to start this season. And so, um, and look, I mean, look, they're coming in, they have lost two of their last three coming in, but 
Uh, it's obviously a, a very dangerous. You, you said they have it. What 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 is it that they have found at least uh, early on? I mean, they're finding the net. They're shooting lights out right now far above expected what they should score per game they're getting very good goaltending from thatcher demko is a guy who's looked at as a middle of the road if not just larger uh than middle of the road in this league and then they got um they got a another goaltender from the the pittsburgh penguins last year that has been kind of out kicking his coverage as well so I think they're outperforming who they are right now, but I do believe that unlocking Quinn Hughes in now his fourth full season in the league, uh, giving the captaincy and the leadership over to Elias Pettersson after trading uh, Bo Horvat last season is something that has allowed them to kind of take on a different, a, a different identity. And that identity is offense forward, offense forward, offense forward. So here's a, Look, a category that I love in uh, the NBA in particular is the plus minus team plus minus, because the better that is, I'll show you. I don't care what your record is at that point. If you're if you got a really good plus minus, I'll show you a team that'll have a, a winning record at the end of the season. Well, I don't know if this is similar in the NHL, but the uh, I, I look at this category kind of a lot in in uh, the NHL standings as well. And you're talking about a plus 32 difference there for the Canucks. It's the, it best, is, it's in the, the best in the by league by a wide margin. And if that continues to be the case, then they are not going anywhere. And it, it's a, I would think, maybe I need to ask you, would, well, would they be going anywhere if plus 32 continues to be consistent, even if it backs down to say no, plus 25 they, over the course of the season? They look like, They look like a playoff team. I don't think that they're going to win the Pacific. They may be second or third in the Pacific by the time this is all said and done after 82 games, but they're not going anywhere. Like th- this is this is who they are right now. And again, their their shooting percentage is through the through the roof. They're shooting it at 14%. And you simply don't shoot at 14% throughout the course of a whole year. If you're if you're sitting at 10 as a team, that's a good season. And they'll go back down to the mean. Uh, the Avalanche are 12th in the league in shooting percentage at 11% right now. But they're they're simply scoring, right? That, that's the reason why they're so good right now. It doesn't happen all that often when defensemen get 30 points in under 20 games. And that's happened. And Kale might be able to do that again uh, either tonight or over the course of the next two games. Uh, the Avs will play again on Friday night. But this should be... I'm going to tell you to take the over and somehow it'll, it'll be a two one <laughs> hockey game tonight, but it sh- the over should hit emphatically tonight. <laughs> it should. I mean, you would think so. Um, but you know what? And it's, it, and it's fun early season. Like the abs had had, had a few of these already, these early season tests just to, uh, just to make sure you are who you say you are, uh, make sure you're on the road that you think you're on. And whether it's, going to Vegas or going to Dallas or uh, having a couple of games against the crack in that one, that, that one went your way. One didn't. Um, I, I really like their early season schedule for the tests that they have had to, uh, you know, survive and figure out who they are and, um, you know, what, how they're going to proceed. Again, I threw out a stat yesterday. The Avs have given up nine goals in the final minute of a period this season in just 17 games. That's far too high. We went back and looked over the last three seasons combined uh, in terms of the Avs playing against an empty net at the end of a game. Uh, they've given up more high danger scoring chances against when they're playing five on six. Um, they've also given up the second most goals 
over the course of that time span in the NHL. They've been up 17 dating back to 2021. That's tied uh, for third, or sorry, tied for second in the league. There's a couple of teams tied for first above them. A lot of that is by nature of something good. You're leading games. You're you're in the lead, and teams have to pull their netminder in order to get back and possibly squeak out a point against you. So they have more opportunities to have to defend in those situations. I just need to see them find a way to get clear. So my keys tonight, my things that I'm looking out for, because they've done way better. The power play looks better. Uh, they are competing in harder areas, they're getting to the net front. Val Nachushkin looks like a man on a mission after coming back from having his kid, and or his wife, rather, having his kid. <laughs> um, but what I'm looking for tonight is, can you close a period, and can you find a way to close a game when you're up? Can you get a clear? Can you score an empty net goal? Because it feels like every single time that the Avs have a goaltender pulled, Someone scores a 200-foot goal just by clearing their own defensive zone. Mm -hmm. Those are things I need to see. Mm -hmm. Little things, right? Yeah. Those are first-world problems for the Avs. Tonight, Avs, 8 p.m. puck drop, 7.30 pregame. Guru, thanks again for that stat yesterday. I appreciate you very much. Uh, hey, we're going to be giving away a Nuggets t-shirt today. Kick off the holiday season by taking advantage of this year's Denver Nuggets Black Friday and Cyber Monday offers. Get no fees on select individual game tickets and enjoy discounts of up to 75% on eligible Nuggets championship merchandise. Promotion available Thanksgiving Day at 10 a.m. to Monday, November 27th at 11.59 p.m. availability is limited and certain exclusions may apply secure your savings now and we're going to give away one of those at 11 45 all you have to do is text the keyword turkey to 303-504-0925 that's turkey to 303-504-0925 and you could walk away with a nuggets championship t-shirt and an nba champions hat again turkey to 303-504-0925 wow that's a hell of a cyber monday and black friday deal on the other side i'm going to tell you why well the internet has ruined a great red-blooded american institution and i'm not here for it it's on the other side with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Watch the show on Twitch at twitch.tv slash AltitudeSR. Brought to you by Safeway. Dempsey and Company, Altitude Sports Radio, 92.5. 22 years a day. or uh, Right, that's a tough way to start a segment, Raj. 22 years ago today, mm -hmm. this band had their halftime show where their lead singer is singing, Can you take me higher? Mm -hmm. And soaring around on... I love it. This is one of my favorite songs. On Fabric. Do you see George Kittle texted the uh, Seattle Seahawks asking to see if they could get Creed for the halftime show of their game this week? <laughs> I did not. I love. That's so he just good. goes, 
thoughts? <laughs> Will he walk out to watch said halftime show? <laughs> I mean, I would at that point. <laughs> Listen, this is putting me in too good of a mood because I left you guys at the last break telling you that while the internet is wonderful. Can you take me higher? Tell me this doesn't put you in a phenomenal mood. All right, as I'm smiling. (laughs) Time to get mad. Time to get upset. The internet has brought us so many wonderful things like Snapchat and Twitter before Elon Musk bought it. And, you know, Google and online shopping. But while it brought us online shopping. Yeah. It has ruined one of the greatest red-blooded American institutions that we have dear to us. Which is what? Black Friday. What? And it has, it's ruined it. It's enhanced there was, it. There was a day where Black Friday actually meant something. And I'm getting bombarded with emails dating all the way back to like the 17th. I remember I got, I got an email from, you know, Lowe's mm-hmm. or some apparel company mm-hmm. that said, hey, our Black Friday deal is starting well today on the 17th of November. That's right. No, it's not. Yes. And you know what the deal was? What? 25% off with free shipping. That's not a Black Friday deal. That is a... That's a Memorial Day sale. That's a get back to school sale. Black Friday is for 75% off, 90% off TVs that are going to cost me an arm and a leg. And if I'm willing to shatter someone's grandmother's femur to get my hands on that TV, I'm going to get my hands on that damn TV. Where has the competition gone in this country? Because we're lazy and we've got supercomputers in our pockets and we can shop on Instagram, on Twitter. Hell, I can shop on TikTok. I'm lazy and therefore we're not going to Best Buy and waiting in a line for 12 hours to get a PlayStation 5 on 70% discount. No, because we can sit down and 25% and free shipping is good enough for us. The country's going to hell, Dem. Well, while you said that, I just bought a PlayStation 5 for Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> well, sit, probably while, while moving into your new place. Just, it's just so easy with the internet. Am I alone, though? Does it feel as though the, the days of Black Friday deals where it was actually, like you looked at a TV and you went, holy crap, we're, we're never going to be able to afford something this good other than today. Yeah. It feels like they're gone. I, I see 30% off and I'm like, eh. Do, no, Roger, I, do I really have to? There's absolutely some truth to what you're saying. Because I, I remember, I think it was my freshman year at CU. My friend didn't have a TV and he wanted to get a nice one. So at midnight on Thanksgiving, like as Thursday became Black Friday, he wanted to go to Best Buy and get in line for the stupid doorbuster deals. And then we drove to the Best Buy in Boulder by the 29th Street Mall. And the line was already so long that he saw that and he said, bleep this. And we turned around and went home. <laughs> And that that doesn't happen anymore. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I did enjoy those trips, though. Like you looked at it and you went, oh, "Do I really have the intestinal fortitude <laughs> right. to yep. sit in this line?" The answer, more often than than not, was no. No, no, you didn't. And and you know that's all right. So I think I'm of two minds here. Uh, one, yes, I I agree with you because it just feels like they've stretched Black Friday out even into October in some cases. I know, and it's a joke. But I hated 
going to the stores. Like I hated it. The, I, uh, I had no patience. For the beauty of growing up with a twin sister and having, you know, obviously still having one, but um, <laughs> she's still here. Thank you. Still alive. Um, I, I always had someone to drive me places and it started in high school because I decided to, you know, experiment with fun things a little bit earlier on than my, my lovely twin sister Carly did. Mm -hmm. So in high school, if we were to imbibe, you know, I, I would have a couple of drinks and I'd have a DD, right? Yeah. It, it extended into family holidays when we were in our early twenties where (laughs) she still had a good time with the family, but when we looked at each other and went, oh, crap, we don't have anything for mom and dad for, for Christmas, let's go let's do it. at the midnight sale and go grab something on Black Friday. And I'd be nine whiskeys deep at that point with my cousins and my uncle, and Carly would just drag me into the car, and we'd go and buy something, and drunk shopping's not great for the wallet, but man, is it a fun time say, when you're not driving. walked out about seven different <laughs> things that you definitely didn't need. Why is this a $400 day on a Black Friday that we are getting deals? Well, you got eight things, Raj. Um, rivalry week is upon us in college yeah. football. Yep. Despite having crapped the bed a little bit, Air Force still has a chance to play in a conference championship game if they get a win this weekend. Yeah. We went from talking about Air Force. While they're still the, the best college football team in the state right now, and CSU is having a little bit to say about that. They've been very resurgent in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, we went from talking about can they be the UCF Cinderella this year to yeah. now having to hang on to playing for the Mountain West title. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, it's still a good season. They're eight and three, five and two in the Mountain West Conference. Um, yeah, it's just um, it's it's a three game losing streak right now. You know that's that's the issue. And uh, you know you know it, it's it's what is your current form, right? It, that that's where we are with Air Force. And their current form just isn't good uh, with three straight losses. You lose to UNLV. Um, the one that I think really hurt, I think the one that hurt the most was going to Hawaii and losing at Hawaii. Because you're coming off of the Army loss, which I'm sure, I, I'm sure hurts them more than anything else because Commander-in-Chief's trophy and all that. But you compound that by going to Hawaii and losing. And then it just starts to look like you're not playing, you're just not playing well you know, you're, you're, the quality of football that you're playing is just not good. And then they doubled down on that by losing to UNLV. And so can they right the ship? And they're going to Boise State, man. Like that's – I know Boise hasn't had the season that they want to have, and they, they fired their coach as well. It still remains a place that is a difficult place to play out there on the blue turf. And so uh, if you're not playing well and you're playing against a team that, you know, look, they might be playing hard for, for their uh, – um uh for for their new for the interim coach and and, and whatever else is going to happen for with them in the future i i think that's going to be a tough t- tough contest and can air force um you know kind of work its way out of this rut and and, and get a dub uh, we've got some chaos scenarios in college football playoff as well. It, they're not all going to start to play out this weekend, but they can start, and it starts with Ohio State, Michigan, which um, no Jim Harbaugh and Day hasn't found a way to beat Michigan, which is it, that's the most important thing at any one of those schools. It's winning a national championship's big, but like you have to, in order to get to a national championship, you have to beat that other team. Um, ever since that regime change 
uh, at Ohio State happened. Columbus hasn't found a way to have success against Harbaugh. This is a depleted, injured Michigan team going into this game. It's being played in Ann Arbor or uh, in Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. um, in Ann Arbor uh, this weekend. <laughs> is this finally the time that the Buckeyes get over the Harbaugh? Wolverines. I do think so. Um, Harbaugh and Ann Arbor together. Man, that is a rough one. Well, no, you just coined a, ni- a new nickname. It is Ann Harbaugh because yeah! they're America's team, right? Yeah, yeah. Was, he, say, he said so himself. I was going to say he'd call it that for sure. Um, yeah, I think Ohio State wins this game, and, and I think this would be the game that the coaching, uh, not having him on the sideline matters the most. And, um, and it's, but look, it's not like Ohio State has been – if you watch Ohio State play this year, they're not necessarily passing the eye test all the time as being a just a, wow that that's a dominant looking football team. So this will be a close game. It will be a hard fought game, but I do think and at the end of the day, um, Michigan, which is kind of uh, look they with the first game without Harbaugh, did they they ran they did not throw a pass in the second half of that football game, um, the Maryland game. Came to, it was a little bit closer than I think anybody would have thought that might have been, uh, and so I just think that you're progressively working yourself back to the space where you lose the game, and I think they just needed a team that could take advantage of that. Ohio State is that football team. I think Ohio State wins that game, um, keeps itself in the college football playoff. We say sayonara to Michigan in the college football playoff, and then that opens the door for a team like Alabama. There's no way that both of those teams stay in the top four. Uh, Georgia can get beat by Alabama. Bama's right now at at number eight. Their only loss is to the team directly ahead of them in Texas. Texas looks as though they're well on their way to winning the Big 12 title this year. Um, If Bama finds a way to beat Georgia in the SEC title game, you're going to have two SEC teams in the top four. Yeah, I just think that's too bad, too, because um, Texas beat them. Texas beat them in Alabama. Like, like that game happened and counted. And if Texas continues to win, that, how what universe are they getting leapfrogged by this football team? But how do you keep them out? That's my question. Like, Georgia really hasn't played anyone this year, but they passed the eye test, right? They've been the best team in college football for the better part of three years yeah, now. If they just years. happen to lose to Bama in an SEC title game, how do you keep them out of the top four? You can't. No, Georgia has to stay. But then so, you look at Bama's best wins, and now you've beaten the best team in college football, arguably, and you've only lost to Texas on a game that could have gone either way. Yeah, but you still took that L. And and look, they the, the committee quite clearly is uh, done with Florida State. Obviously, it ended up being Georgia, a ten point game, but like it was that was close for the vast majority of that football game. Yeah. Well, yeah. And what happens with Oregon and Washington, too, as well. So, you know, like if Oregon comes back and beat, beats Washington in the Pac-12 title game, then that's a problem for, quite honestly, both of those teams um, because of all the Alabama talk and then then Texas as well. So, oh, you know, you just – you needed a 12-team playoff this year. You just this had to have – this year. Is, you have to have it. The 12-team playoff this year would have been nuts. It would have been so awesome. You would have gotten Liberty playing in there. Yeah. Liberty would have Liberty. been an undefeated group of five team yeah. playing against – what, Michigan yeah. in the first round or Washington in the first round and probably mm-hmm. getting the doors blown off of them. But we at least would have gotten that. You would have had uh, possibly three undefeated teams in there. You'd have two uh, – you'd probably have four SEC teams uh, in that top 12. You'd have uh, Missouri being in the top 10 is nuts as well. Yeah, Missouri's uh, this pretty is, good. It's great. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm really excited about it. I'm looking forward to uh, to Michigan OSU. I grew up, you know, 
kind of rooting for Michigan for no particular reason. I'm going to continue to this weekend. Well, uh, in a team like Louisville, like that, that's a, if you guys want to watch a fun football team play, watch Louisville. It's a, it's a, it's a really, it's a fun watch, man. And that would be, see in there in the top 10 here, that would be a team that if you're looking for sleeper teams that could upset a team or two, get themselves into a position, that'd be a team to, it just, uh, next year is going to be so much fun. Uh, it's too bad. It's not this year, but um, it's going to be chaos here the, to, to see which these four teams uh, Nell- gets in. Nelly's NFL notes are coming up at 1120. We'll have shout outs later on in the program. So get your shout outs into 303-504-0925 on the Champ Mazda text line. We'll jump back into Kareem Jackson, Russell Wilson, his great numbers and ranks around the NFL in terms of touchdown passes, despite having a terrible red zone offense and not being able to score on short fields back into Broncos as they prepare to take on uh, the Cleveland Browns this weekend. It's Dempson Raj and Altitude. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.